Welcome back to More Real Talk with Big John. I want to thank you for stepping in and giving this a listen. One of the things that I've been probing at the edges of for the last several podcasts is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a this is a subject that's so rich and that is so so huge that I can't cover it all in a single podcast. I can't cover it a lifetime of sermons. I really mean that. At one, let me let me get at the heart of what I'm getting at. Six days God created the earth and everything in it. Six days. There's nothing that you can look through a telescope and see or a microscope and see that God didn't create in six days. And yet, making man right with him took God dying and raising himself from the dead to do. Think about that for just one second. Let that sink in. We're talking about something so impossible that God had to die and raise himself from the dead to accomplish. We ought to just take a second and just let that fill the room. So as as I've gone through this minister's internship program to get ordinate, ordained in, in, in our denomination, I've met several uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that I probably would not have met otherwise. And uh, Brother Kevin, if you're listening still, first of all, thank you. And second of all, here's something that we were talking about in the MIP. The church today that we see in America is largely the fruit of a church that has a weak gospel presentation. Is the fruit of somebody saying, come give your life to Christ and this will be the best life you've ever had. Come give your life to Christ and your troubles are over. Now really, that's a lie. You give your life to Christ and you'll have the you, you have the full redemption of sin, the pardon of sin. You, there's nothing better than that this side of heaven. There's nothing better than knowing that your sins are forgiven. Even the psalmist David said that. Happy is the one who knows that his sins are forgiven. That is awesome. That is something great. That is something that we strive to, to preach for people to understand. But if you tell people that, that that's the best life they're ever going to have, I'm telling you, that a life in heaven is better than that. A life in heaven is better than what you have here, even even though you're redeemed. But also, you're not preparing them for the fact that they're entering into a war zone. That they're entering into a into a battle that has eternal consequences. And they've been on the sideline up to up to the time they give their life to the Lord. Now they have a target on their back. You're not telling them. You're not telling them about the dangers of temptation and how we ought to make sure that those who are in Christ. Make, keep your eyes clear so that you can find your way of escape when a temptation comes. The Bible says that he'll make you that there's no temptation that he won't make you a, a way of escape for. You see, that's just one area of the gospel that that we've 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 watered down because we don't want to tell people. I say we. I don't. I don't mind telling people that while you, while you give your life to Christ is is you're saying. Here is all that I have, Jesus. Here is every a sum total of all my parts and possessions and my, my children and my wife, if you have them, my, my home and my finance, everything that, everything that I have, I am now, along with me, I'm laying them, I'm laying my sins, I'm laying myself at your feet, and, and you're, you're answering for my sin. But in doing so, I'm also yielding myself to you. He may be, it may be that he has 
in plan for any one of us at any one time for us to do something that cost us our life on this earth. We may be one of those people that God calls like Brother Brother Elliot. There was five of those that died in Ecuador in 1956, and he says things like, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That's a man who was sold out. That's a man who, who is ready, ready to commit himself to whatever is necessary to see the cause of Christ, to see the cause and the cross of Christ proclaimed. So, to tell somebody, to tell somebody that their best life starts this side of heaven is to, is to honestly, is to tell that person they're bound for hell, isn't it? Because our best life is in the world to come whenever we serve Christ. So, and I'm only looking, now bear in mind, when I say the, uh, uh, the gospel is such a huge, huge subject, I'm talking about just salvation right here, just this salvific portion of, of the gospel. It's hard. You're going to spend eternity upon eternity not swinging on gates of pearl, not walking down streets of gold, not asking Moses what it was like to strike a rock or Elijah to ride chariots of fire. No, you're not going to be asking those kinds of questions. You're going to spend an eternity upon eternity, eternity worshiping Jesus Christ in his very near presence. You're going to be basking in the majesty of God and still, still not really understand probably, I say that not having absolutely zero idea as to what you'll be able to understand or comprehend in heaven, but, but, but standing here, Grasping it, why would God leave glory to take on flesh, to take on a servant's role, to get down in the mire with with His creation and then pull that creation up with Him into right standing with God? The word atonement itself that we used really so carelessly was created so that we could have a word that makes us at right with something because we don't really have a word that is that that accurately portrays what it means to be at right to be right with God. Consider this. Again, we're just talking about the salvation portion of the gospel. Consider that that everything made in six days, everything that God made in six days, everything viewed from a telescope to a magnifying glass, God done in six days, but it took God dying and raising himself three days later from the dead to secure. It took his blood to do the, to, to save us. When he can speak and planets pop into existence, he can speak and light begins to work. We, we don't even understand how light works entirely. We just see the evidence of it. We just see the symptoms of it. It's, it's mesmerizing to me. It is mesmerizing to me to think about how much we really don't understand about the gospel. God would leave glory to come here for any reason. That blows my mind. And, and the shortest answer for the gospel is that God saved us from hell because he loves us. We hold on to that. Because really, in our feeble attempt to grasp it, that's that's really the most tangible thing we can put our hands on. Is He loves us, and that's not to that's not to belittle love. That's not to take love and to make it something else. I tell you what has been done again: the fruits of 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 old labors that we're seeing in the modern church is they've taken the word love and they've treated it very carelessly. We use love to describe all kinds of things now that really ought not be used to. I really like this football team. No, I love that football team. I really like this type of, of 
dish that my wife makes. No, I really love that. We, you know, we don't use the words that would really portray what we want. We have to go, you know, speak and and, and superfluously about them. So there's there's a lot of things that we have taken out of context to our own shame and discredit. I will not do the gospel that way. The gospel is so rich. It is so deeply theological. It is so deeply doctrinal that to, to try to take an approach that says we're not going to discuss theology, we're not going to discuss doctrine, we're not going to discuss any of these things, is to rob part of the gospel of its glory and its splendor. Yes, God loves us. He loves us so much that He gave His Son. That's not just Scripture that we teach our kids so that they can memorize one Scripture. That's Scripture that, that, a, that a young man in a country where the Bible's forbidden to be read remembers and holds on to, and that's what gets him through the beatings at night. That's what gets him through the, the times he's sharing the gospel with people and he's trying to love on people. That's what gets him through those hard times is that he knows God loves him so much that he came to this earth to answer for those sins of his to take those sins. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that he became sin who knew no sin that we might have the righteousness of God. This is something that we don't fully grasp. We take it and say, yeah, okay, so everybody's sin, Timmy. Everybody's done a little sin, so you're no worse or no better than everybody else. Man, to quit worrying about everybody else. You've sinned. I've sinned. Yes, my sin was so wretched and nasty that it was going to condemn me to an eternity of, in a devil's hell with no hope. I had no hope whatsoever. I was bound, and I was going to spend every moment of eternity suffering, rightly so, because of the sin that I so lavished in and yet God shed his blood and his love on me and he saved me for no reason of me but all because of him and his love and his grace and his mercy I won't make light of that I will not make light of that we shouldn't to, to, to make light of this is to have the fruits of a church that doesn't even care if they meet because there's a 99.74% chance you'll, you'll recover of a virus that you didn't really have. I know that this is a heavy topic. I promised you that I would do the very best I could to make real life sense and real life uh, applications to relevant scripture. And that's what this is. We can't dumb down Scripture. We can't dumb down the Gospel. There's so many things out there that we can afford to skimp on. We can't afford to skimp on this one. We're going to talk more about the Gospel. I'm not going to say that this is an exhaustive by no means because I don't have the, I don't have the mental capacity to give you an exhaustive example of the Gospel. This has just been a portion of it and we're dealing with salvation. We're dealing with a part of salvation. We haven't even talked at length about how a man can know he's saved. But that's, that's to come. I keep these short so that you can listen to them in a short tri trip back and forth to town without worrying about missing out on anything. And I'm very privileged and honored that you would take time to listen to me. I'm Big John. This has been Real Talk.